Um, I'm just going to, uh, we're going to look at Matthew 9. I've not given any of the team this. There's nobody there anyway, so that's fine. So you can turn to it in your Bibles. Uh, it'll teach you. You've got to come to church with your Bible uh, or your phone. Um, and it's Matthew 9, 35 to 38. If you haven't, that's fine. It's only a short bit. And uh, it says this, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of scripture that I've come to quite a few times in my life, think about quite a lot um, and reflect on. And if I'm honest, I've read that scripture quite a lot of times and I've asked some questions of it. One of the questions is, is the harvest plentiful? It's one of the questions I've asked myself. Um, you know, was it plentiful then, but not now? Do you know what I mean? Um, do we live in a time when the harvest isn't plentiful? Did Jesus mean that there's plenty of people that aren't followers of Jesus, therefore a big harvest? Or did he mean there are, there are tons of people who aren't followers of Jesus that are ready to become followers of Jesus? Those are my questions. I don't know if you've ever asked that question. Um, I, I've, I've, you know, 30 years being a Christian now, I've done various forms of outreach. Um, I'm, I would say from day one of salvation, I was, I've been pretty passionate about the lost getting saved. Um, and, uh, and so go about what I do to try and see that happen. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I've come back from um, going on the streets, uh, doing various things, and I've come back not feeling an overwhelming sense of the harvest is plentiful. Anybody, can anybody relate to me? Um, uh, and, um, and then I turn to this and I think, Jesus, is it still plentiful? And uh, so I want to talk about that. That's all right, because I believe it is. And, uh, and there's some tips for us uh, to figure that out. Uh, what we need to do, let's just for a minute go, just go, you know, previously in, in, uh, in the chapters. So the last two chapters that Matthew recorded, um, Jesus was busy. Do you know what I mean? Just in two chapters of Matthew's writing, I don't know how, what sort of time span it was. It can't have been long because he didn't minister on earth for that long. So it can't have been a long period of time. But just in those two chapters, which seem to me to run from day to day to day to day and, and actually be quite a short span of time, this is what Jesus did. He healed a man with leprosy. Uh, he had a conversation with a centurion, so a Roman um, uh, soldier, and, uh, and had this dialogue about his servant, the Roman servant, uh, someone that was poor, someone that was serving um, and was, if you, if you like, a slave to this centurion that was sick. And they had this conversation, didn't they? Um, and and he, said, he said to him, Jesus, if you say the word, he'll be healed. And he was healed. Um, so then he went from there, and, and then the next bit that we read is that Jesus went to a, to a place and he healed many. Um, so another busy day. Um, there were other times in the Bible where we read Jesus went to a place and he healed all their diseases. I often think about that and think about what Worcester would look like if Jesus came and healed all of our diseases. 
be a big day, would it not? It'd be, that'd be quite something. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Worcester Hospital emptied. That's what I mean. Doctors, nurses, take some time off. Um, it would be amazing. Um, and then he went from there, and then he's, he's just going about his day. Two demon-possessed people came out of a tomb that were violent and angry, um, and they started on at Jesus. And, then, and so he cast the demons out of them, and for some reason, that, that is beyond me, he just, they, they, the demons proved to go into pigs, and they went to the pigs, and the pigs jumped off a cliff, all in a day's work. Um, then... Um, He's doing his normal business again, and then um, some people brought a paralyzed person on a mat to Jesus, and uh, here he is, heal him. And so Jesus healed the guy um, that was brought to him on a mat, um, and then he hears of a, of a girl that's dying. Um, he's on his way to the girl that's dying. En route, the girl dies. Now, whilst he's en route to, to go and pray for the girl that's died, um, a lady in the crowd of people touches him, and, she's, and he says, who touched me? And, uh, and, and his disciples saying, what are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. It's flipping busy. It's a crowd. And he said, no, somebody touched me. And, uh, and this woman had obviously reached out in faith to Jesus. And then a, and then a 12-year-old um, issue that she'd had with bleeding was healed in an instant. And, uh, and so this woman that was embarrassed, woman that knew, that knew shame, she'd been to doctor after doctor after doctor. Uh, the culture that she lived in uh, would say that while she's bleeding like that, she's not clean. Do you know what I mean? So that all, all of that stigma, and then she, she plucked up the courage and she reached out to the rabbi and touched him and, and she was made clean. And then, and then, of course, Jesus comes under a bit of fire because he got delayed to get to the girl that was sick and she died. And they say, no, don't bother now, she's, de- she's dead. Jesus said, no, she's not dead, she's asleep she was dead <laughs> Jesus come on Jesus she was dead she wasn't breathing heart wasn't beating she was dead kaput um, in the words of uh, Monty Python and and and, uh, and she was dead and uh, so but Jesus brought her back to life again and uh, and then we have another blind man crying out to Jesus um, and and Jesus heals the blind man uh, and and then Jesus you know, another day happens, he gets up, a big crowd gathers, he looks at the crowd, and it says he's moved with compassion. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and we, can, we can, I know, I'm, I'm sure we've all heard some sermons about this, maybe you haven't, but, but if, if you haven't, you, you know, people cleverer than me will tell me that the original text talks uh, about not just a, oh dear, it's a deep, gut-wrenching, move of compassion that Jesus saw a crowd and he was broken by it do you mean so Jesus looked at a crowd I'm looking at a crowd lovely bunch of people bigger crowd than this um and uh on less comfortable seats not even probably on seats I don't know um and uh and he was moved with compassion because what he saw was a bunch of people that were harassed and helpless um he saw a bunch of people that were like sheep without a shepherd lost and uh and then jesus you know it's not just us uh preachers uh, that mix our uh metaphors jesus was the king of mixing metaphors so he then went from uh, lost sheep to plentiful harvests and, and he, he turns to his disciples and said you know look the harvest is plentiful and i think jesus means the harvest is ripe the harvest is ready I remember, I remember when uh, I grew up in the country and, um, and harvest time's a big moment. 
when you've got you know farms all around you. And uh, and we had we had a farmer that we knew well as a family, and he grew black currants. And uh, we're fields and fields of black currants where where most of our ribena comes from. And um, and I used to get a job um, picking black currants. And it wasn't like picking black currants. They had machines that went down the roads, shaking the bushes. The currants would drop. The machines would get the currants. Uh, and um, uh, you know, but there was there was there was some. Some moments, there was a guy that came. We call him the man from Del Monte, although I don't think he was from Del Monte. Um, we, you know, would come and he would, he would walk up and down the rows and he would inspect the crop. And he would, he would look at the, the, the fruit and, and, and he would either say yes or he'd say no and come back another day. Do you know what I mean? So it was all, we were, there was a team of workers like <laughs> ready to go and, and the man from Del Monte would say and then the machines down the rows, pick the fruit, uh, and it would it would go. And we all had different jobs, uh, and so on. And and um, and I feel like Jesus is saying it's like that. It's ripe. The harvest is ripe and plentiful. So I've got to look at that, and I've got to look at now, because most of my evangelism that I've that I've done, most of my initiatives that I've done, I've come back, and I thought, well, it was good to sow some seeds. I didn't come back saying, man, that was, a, that was a harvest that we've just reaped. Okay? So that's what I'm looking at. And I want us to look through how Jesus looked because I, because I believe this. I believe that the harvest, if we look in the right place, in the right way, I believe the harvest is plentiful. Anyone with me? Going to stay with me? Because Jesus looked at a crowd and he saw beyond what they even saw themselves. And if you, if you think, if you look back and you look through Jesus' ministry, Jesus looked for the harassed, the helpless, the broken, the disadvantaged. If you, if you, there, there are very few accounts of Jesus ministering to well-off people. There are accounts, but they're overshadowed by accounts of people ministering to broken people. Are they not? Are you with me on that one? Because it's an important point. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, so when Jesus saw people that were, that were um, helpless, let me just have a look. I've, I've, I've gone ahead of my notes. They were, he's, seeing, he's seeing people that have life circumstances that they, that they cannot resolve and fix. He sees people that are harassed. Um, he's seeing people that are strained by the pressure of life and they're harassed and they can't cope. Um, and he's looking at people that are just lost. And those are the people that are ready for harvest, is what he's suggesting. So how... How do we respond to that? I, wanna, I, I, wanna, I feel like this talk for me is a, a bit, if I'm honest, of bearing my soul. I went to a, I went to a um, uh, we have a Worcester leaders prayer meeting every now and again. And, I, and I, I went to one this, I think this last week or the week before. I think the week before. And, and, um, and to be honest with you, I went 
and I sat down and I'm just knackered. Uh, just exhausted. And, um, and I'm not, I don't think I'm ever so busy. I just think sometimes I'm not very good at managing myself. But, um, and, and, uh, but I was tired. And, uh, and then, and then uh, Matt Town from Lifehouse opened up the, the scriptures and said, I just feel like this scripture's on my heart. He read the scripture we read this morning. And I looked at it and I thought, do you know what? That is how I feel. That, that, that sums up, you know, that, 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 it's only a glimmer because I'm no Jesus. Uh, but a glimmer of what Jesus uh, saw in that crowd is how I sometimes feel. The need is endless. It's a sea of need. If you look in the right place with the right eyes, there's a sea of need. There's plenty to do. The harvest is plentiful. Uh, some uh, two or three years ago, God spoke to me, and, I, and I've been wrestling with whether I share it in the way that God spoke to me. Some of you will know it, some of you won't know, because it could be misunderstood. But I, and I spoke to Josephine and said, should I tell this story or should I not? And we had a little conversation about it, and uh, we decided it's all right for me to tell the story. Um, so blame Josephine. Um, but um, so I was in a... I was in a um, uh, we were away with a New Frontiers uh, time away, and we were worshipping and praying and, and um, I, 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 there, there, there's, there's some moments in my life when God's met with me and spoke to me in a life-changing way Do you know I mean? when he spoke to me about the encounter camp was one of those times um, and this is another one of those times and, uh, and there was and usually what happens to me is very undramatic looking I probably look much the same as I normally look a little bit grumpy um, I have my relaxed face is a frown I'm sorry about that um, so, so I looked the same. I sat in my chair, and and uh, but then I felt that the hand of God come on me, and the weight of the presence of God was on me. And then I felt God poke me <laughs> like this, and I felt God say, "You're an apostle to the poor. You're an apostle to the poor. You're an apostle to the poor." And uh, and and it came with such weight um, that I couldn't ignore it. Um, I. You know, uh, growing up in the in the movement that I grew up in, uh, it felt like there was only one room for one apostle. So I felt a bit like I couldn't tell anyone um, uh, because um, maybe of an understanding of that word. And and uh, and some would say, "Oh, are you trying to say now you're the next best thing?" No. Um, so I sort of I sat on it for a while, um, mentioned it to Josephine. And and uh, and we just sat on it, and and then I had a conversation with Dave Devonish. Um, I invited him strategically to the encounter camp so I could have a chat with him. Um, and uh, and we had a chat, and I said, that, "This is what happened on that that day, and I don't quite know what to do with it. Um, please, this is your moment to tell me I'm wrong. This is your moment to say God didn't speak. Sit down, <laughs> um, you know, or tell me what to do." And, uh, and, and he, was, he, was, he, he was brilliant. And he just said, Jim, I absolutely see it. Um, you know, I can't really help you much. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but go for it and keep us posted. Um, so on the, on the back of that word, um, I began to pray and began to say, God, what, what does it mean? Why are you saying that to me? It wasn't new to be sent to the poor. Apostle literally means sent one. So it wasn't new for me to have a sense of being sent to the broken and the, and the disadvantaged and the poor. Uh, but somehow, 
that it changed my thinking on a few things. And the first thing was I asked, I asked the question, who in the UK are the poor? And, uh, and my attention, much of my work until then had been, had been amongst uh, people with addictions, uh, the homeless. Uh, and I felt God speak to me about that, that. That actually was a small section of who are needy and poor in the UK. And I felt my eyes became open to estates. So, sorry if you're on an estate. I don't wanna, I'm not trying to say anything about that. But my, my, this is where God led me. My, my, my attention went to that. And I, and, I, and I saw kids and families on estates um, that are struggling. Uh, not just struggling with poverty, but struggling with all manner of things. And I, and, and I felt God say, now you need to, you need to get onto estates. Um, within, within, I don't know, it felt like a few weeks, I don't know, of that I got a phone call saying there's a group in Dines Green, the leaders are moving on, uh, would I consider taking it on? Didn't feel the need to pray about it, because uh, God was already speaking, so we took on Dines Green, and we, and we started that little group in Dines Green. And here's, here's what I want to report, we're two years in, over two years, we're nearly three years, um, we're three years in to our little thing in Dines Green, uh, that most of the time looks like a mess. <laughs> um, Here's what, here's what I'm here to report. The fields are ripe for harvest. Unquestionably. And the workers are few. That's the way it is. That's, that's do you know what I mean? Never, never have I felt the reality of that scripture than I do in this situation. Never. And uh, I'm, I sat down, I met with um, the CEO of Worcester Community Trust uh, a couple of weeks ago who... Um, they're an organisation that run all the centres, um, mainly on, on the areas where there's mainly social housing, so Warnden, Tolladine, Ronxwood, and so on. And, uh, and so we chatted, because um, I'd met her, her predecessor, that, and then the, uh, the person left, and so I thought it's time for me to press the fresh with the new boss uh, of that organisation. And so we met and had a coffee, and um, we chatted a little bit, and she said, how about doing another one on Brickfields? Um, so, so, um, so we're praying about that, and I'm and I'm 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 here to say that the, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That's what I'm here to say. And uh, and and I'll be honest with you that that I've never felt like Jesus felt in that way, where I see before me a a harvest field, and I see before me a crowd. Uh, of people that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And do you know what? It makes sense. So, so here's what I want to say. If we want to engage in the harvest, right? Do what Jesus did and get amongst the poor. Is that, am I overstating that? Is it just my call? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm just submitting it to you. To pray, to pray about because I know that my call can, sh- can cloud my judgment and make me I- imbalanced so I'm, so I'm aware of that I'm bearing my soul a little bit to you, to you this morning but, I, but, I, but I, I, I do believe it that if we want to see the harvest get amongst the poor if you want to see Jesus do miracles get amongst the broken okay all right so what am I saying? I'll, I'll, I'll land. Okay, uh, I'm saying this. First thing I'm saying, I've got five things, quick ones. All right, we'll just punch them out. Don't know, yeah, we're doing all right in time. Uh, 
Okay? First thing I'm saying is that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus still looks at the crowd and still is moved with compassion and still sees the individual that is broken. Do you know what I mean? So, so first thing I want to say is if you're in this room and you're that individual, Jesus sees and he's moved with compassion and longs to reach out to you and longs to be the good shepherd in your life. So, so whether, you've been, whether you've been a churchgoer all your life or whether you've been a churchgoer for a long time or a short time or whether you just found yourself here this morning, it doesn't matter to me. If you are feeling harassed and helpless and, you, and you're in need of some help, Jesus looks at you and is moved with compassion and wants to do something. He might send one of his friends. He most likely will send one of his friends. Um, but that's the truth. I don't know. If you're feeling like that, I'd love to, I would love to pray with you. I'd probably like it even more because I'm tired for somebody else to pray with you, if I'm honest. No, but anyway, second thing I'm saying is this. Who that you know in your circle, all of us have got circles, uh, people that we know, people that we interact with, family members, friends, neighbours, uh, work colleagues, uh, people at college, uh, all of us have people. How, how about, okay, I'm, I'm sure you do this anyway. I'm just, I'm just preaching, so I'm over, over stressing things. But how about opening, you know, changing the way you look at your friends and spotting the harassed, the helpless, those without a shepherd? And asking the Lord of the harvest to allow you to feel something that he felt that will drive you to action. Compassion leads to action. Okay? Um, so who, who in your world, maybe, you, maybe in your work, some of us work in the NHS or in other situations where we're working with people that are in need all of the time. God, help us to, to see through his eyes, to be moved with his compassion and to have his words and authority to make a difference. Um, so, so f- first thing is, you know, that if you are feeling helpless and harassed, Jesus is moved towards you. Uh, your friends, your colleagues, the people that you interact with, those that are feeling harassed and helpless, Jesus leans towards them. And he's there. If you want to know where Jesus is, he's with the broken. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Third thing is this, a bit daring, a bit more risky, join the team. Roll your sleeves up and get involved. Do you know what I mean? You know, form a queue for those that want to get involved in, in uh, Dines Green, those that want to get involved in, um, uh, um, what's the other place I just mentioned? Brickfields. Um, do you know what I mean? Form a queue. Um, what, you know, I, I want to be specific. We have need on every front. Okay, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And what I don't want to do right now is I don't want to do a recruiting drive, list of names, and then take everybody from the jobs that they're doing and, and trash another area of church life. Okay, but here's you know um, what, what I found is when Jesus says ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers, it feels to me like there's lots of different kinds of workers. When I was picking um, black currants, there's all sorts of different roles. 
You had, you had, the, you had the guy driving the machine. Now, he was the farmer. He was the kingpin. Okay? No one was going to get that seat uh, other than the farmer. But then you, had, then you had people on the back of the machine and you had a conveyor belt of black currents coming up the conveyor belt and their job was to put a box to catch the currents and pull leaves out like this. And then they had to get the box and pass it to somebody else. And the other person took the box and stacked it on the, on the trailer. And then and every now and again, they'd drop a trailer off. And then another guy would come in a tractor, get the trailer, take it to the people that were weighing the boxes. Then they'd weigh the boxes and make sure they were all 20 kilograms. And they would weigh them up, take some off there, put some extra on there, and then put them on pallets. And then a guy would come with the tractor, forklift the pallets, and take them back to the barn. I, by the age of 15, I graduated to the guy taking them back to the barn in the tractor. Anyway, um, so, so um, yeah, it wasn't legal. And, and, um, so, so, but there are different roles. So, so just, just in Dines Green, we, we've got a growing number of kids, and it's chaos. Absolute bedlam. Do you know what I mean? Who wants to get involved in helping us with that? We'd, I'd love it. I'd love it if we had the chance to start a crash. I'd love it if we had the chance on a Sunday night to, have, to do some, some detached youth work. We just haven't got the resources. But the harvest, and do you know what? It's not just a harvest. People are coming to us wanting Jesus. Do you know what I mean? People are wanting change in their lives. Um, so there's that, um, you know, there, there's, you know, a team to start being the, the, the team on the next one that we do, and the place that I keep forgetting the name of, Bill Brickfields. Why is that I'm suddenly gone? I don't know why. Um, so join the team, do you know what I mean? Get, roll your sleeves up and get involved. Fourth thing I'm saying is it's all well and good doing all of that. It's all well and good being moved with compassion. And I can tell you, I, I've, I've, I've had moments in my life when it's just moved move with compassion and then I just tie myself out trying to help everyone. Do you know what I mean? And it's just knackering. You know, what, what we need is we need the Lord of the harvest to send us. We need the Lord of the harvest to give us the authority that he has. We need the Lord of the harvest to give us insights. So when Jesus speaks to someone, when Jesus meets a woman at a well, he doesn't just start a woman at the well ministry, he speaks a word of life to that woman that changes her destiny forever. Do you know what I mean? So I'm asking the Lord of the harvest for us to grow in that, to grow in authority. I, I, I identify so much, I'm being really honest with you today, I identify so much, you remember that story when uh, Jesus, because after this Jesus sent out the 12 and then the 72, um, but there was a time when the disciples were trying to heal a, a, a child that was, had a demon possession. And, um, and then there was an argument because the, 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 um, the parents were getting really angry with the disciples because they couldn't fix the child. And, uh, and then Jesus came, meek and mild, holy, um, you know, uh, very unfusterable Jesus. Um, and uh, effectively said, you idiots, <laughs> how long do I have to put up with you? Um, and, uh, and really gave him a hard time and they give the boy here <laughs> and, uh, and, and then cast the demon out and, and said something about these kind only come out with prayer and fasting didn't pray, didn't fast, just cast the demon out uh, and, then, and, then, and then rebuked the disciples by saying um, that there was their lack of faith I identify with those disciples anybody else? 
Do you know what I mean? I remember, I remember there was one time in, I was in Uganda and, um, and because I was the white guy um, and, you know, so obviously I was going to be doing all the healing uh, and because uh, we white guys are good at it. Um, and, uh, so, so, so they bought, they bought a guy, a bit like the story. They, they, they carried a guy that couldn't walk to me <laughs> and uh, never have identified with those disciples more than that moment because, I, uh, you know, a crowd gathered uh, I started off by preaching. I thought, well, let's just do that first because, frankly, it's not going to go well afterwards with my track record of healing. Uh, and um, so I preached and, and they were still waiting. What are you going to do about him? And, and I prayed and nothing happened. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and honestly, I went away feeling like this big and, uh, and, and a little bit cross with God. Um, and, uh, and hung, but hungry, hungry. Do you know what I mean? You know, and, and, I, and I, you know, I want to be able to speak words of authority that makes a difference. Do you know what I mean? I want to do both. If I'm honest, I, I do want to set stuff up that helps people that are vulnerable. Because it it's not always the dramatic. But I also want the dramatic. Do you know what I mean? So my fourth point is to, is to ask for authority. Ask for faith to grow. My fifth and final point um, is really what I'm saying is, is what Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Because I'm, I'm speaking to a room of busy people, aren't I? I'm speaking to a room of people that don't have a lot of spare time, don't have a, don't, don't have a lot of capacity for more. Am I right? Anyone feel like that? You know, somehow or other, game on, nobody feels like it. So I've got a list of jobs for you to do. Come and see. Those who didn't put your hand up, come and see me afterwards. And I've, I have more things for you to do. Um, but we are busy. And so therefore, the only answer, I think, is that we ask the Lord of the harvest to send us, to make a way. If your life currently can't take on more, you can't possibly get involved in this you can't possibly respond to what I'm saying then somehow or other we have to ask the Lord of the harvest to send us to make a way and I, and I want to encourage us um, the kind of stuff I'm talking about requires dynamic decisions do you know what I mean that the kinds of decisions that your family say oh doesn't sound very sensible do you know what I mean I just, I'm sorry, but Jesus' ministry was not sensible. Jesus did not call us to a sensible gospel. I'm sorry about that, but he did not. He called us to a radical faith that might, for, for the people that he first call, called, most of them lost their lives because of it. Do you know what I mean? So when someone says, oh, just, you know, just calm down a bit, time to push off. Okay? All right, let's pray. Yeah, Linda wants to say something. Have we got a microphone for Linda? I always think it's funny when someone says, can I share? Like, I don't know what she's going to say. Might, might be saying whatever Jim said Thank was you. rubbish. Well, um, what a great word. And I'm the last person to be first in the queue <laughs> at things like this. But when we were singing um, Majesty, God gave me a picture 
which um, was a kind of a vision. And it's an additional aspect of the harvest field because I saw the harvest field and it was blowing in the wind and it was ready. Um, And I saw all of these long sheaves of, like stems of uh, wheat. Um, And at the top, there were loads of kernels. You know how you get the, the long strip and there's loads of kernels at the top. That's like Jim, with lots and lots of gifting. And each one of those kernels is a different aspect of gifting. Um, And then I saw another one that was quite short. (laughs) And it had, say, say you had like 20 kernels at the top, lots of gifting. For illustration. (laughs) But the smaller ones had about six, five or six or seven And when the harvest was cut, you would think, oh, great, you know, lots and lots of gifting going into the mix. But what a shame about this little one that only had about five or six areas of gifting. But actually, what is important to the Lord is that each individual kernel goes into the mix. So whether it's... uh, you know, a UK national or even worldwide name. Slow down. (laughs) I'm prophesying. (laughs) Or it's a little one with a few giftings. They each are individually stripped off the stem and put into the mix for bread. When that bread is baked and when that bread is shared, those people are fed. And we're talking about the word of God here that is nurturing, that is healing, that is fulfilling. So if you're lots of gifting and lots of time, etc., then step into the mix. But if you've got two or three or four or five little bits of gifting or little bits of time, please know that they are as valuable as the lot, the little is as valuable as the lot. So I'd encourage not only myself, but everybody here as well who's thinking, well, maybe I haven't got enough time or maybe I haven't got enough gifting. Just the one question to ask is, um, or the one question to ask yourself is, am I willing? And then before God, yes, let me be willing, Lord. So I hope that. Brilliant, thank you. So, so what, what I'd love to do is I'd love, I'd love to pray. And um, what, what I want to do is I want to, you know, and, and, and there may be maybe one person and that is really fine by me, okay? There may be nobody. Um, but I, I want to pray and I'll get, I want to encourage you to stand up if you feel God's been speaking to you. If you feel a challenge, a, a particular challenge. Do you know what I mean? Um, where you feel like, no, I, I, want to, this, this, I want to adjust to respond to this word. Okay? In some way, you may, you may feel, like Linda's just describing, you may feel there's not much to give or there's no time or I can't do it. I, I think let's, let's have a moment where we don't worry about that. Okay? Um, where we just say, God, I'm, I'm, you know, here I am. Send me. Can we do that? So if you feel... 
yeah, God's been speaking to you and you want to respond, I just want to encourage you to be brave, stand up, and then we're going to pray. So that's now. going to give it a couple of minutes because you know what the Holy Spirit's here to stir a few hearts and and standing up is not a big deal but somehow do you know what I think God sees hearts that respond so I'm going to give us a few minutes for those that are thinking oh should I shouldn't I just to take time and stand up so Lord Jesus we pray for these people who you've been speaking to God I thank you that your words are words that have power words that have life and words that make a way where there is no way so I pray Lord of the harvest would you make a way where there is no way I pray that you would deal with circumstances that get in the way I pray for bodies to be healed. I pray for circumstances to be changed so that workers can be sent to the harvest field. And we do pray for the harvest, Lord. We do pray that you would send more workers from all the churches across the city, that we'd work together to reap a harvest. Just pray right now for your anointing on us as a body. God, we're asking you that we can get into the grain store in town in order to give out grain to a hungry city. We're asking you, God, for the communities that you're sending us to. Pray for Brickfields. Pray for Dines Green. Pray for Friday nights. Pray for here on a Sunday all of our contacts, all of the people that we see, all the people that we know, that, that the contact groups of this room, God, we pray that you, the Lord of the harvest, would send us to reap a harvest. Pray that you would increase our faith, God, to go again when we feel like the disciples have been, like when they were fishing all night. God, that we'd hear your voice saying, go again. Pray for all of us, God, that you would enlarge our faith, increase our authority, increase our ability to spot the person in crisis and have the word in the moment that will change a life, change a destiny for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.